everyone. I'm Ashley. I'm La. And I'm Kathy. And you're listening to the Better Than Seven Sons podcast, where we get real about our experiences as Hmong Christian women. So if you've been listening to our podcast, we've been going over a lot of different topics. And today we decided to talk about friendship um, and the significance of friendship in the lives of Hmong women. Um, so today we're going to dive into that topic a bit more. So my first question uh, for us is, what do we desire in friendships? I think if we're talking about like what would we want out of friendships, is that sort of... Um, or what I want in my friendships is, I mean, there needs to be some sort of intimacy or depth to our relationship. I think like we, you know, like we meet so many people. And so we're always trying to figure out like, are you a friend? Or are you just an acquaintance? You know, but, um, but I feel like friendship definitely, there needs to be this understanding of like, of there being some sort of relationship that exists between us that goes a lot deeper. I mean, I also see friendship as companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, people who can, you know, like you could do life with in some ways. Um, people who, who you care about and care about you, who you love and they love you. Um, yeah. Sometimes I worry a little bit that I'm too idealistic in my friendships <laughs> or about mm-hmm. friendship. Uh, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like where to draw the or where to know like if my desires and visions of friendship are too idealistic and not possible or or what yeah that's good I think I'm in the same boat of like I wonder if I'm too idealistic too um (laughs) or if I have like really high expectations or like to me if I meet you and we have like a significant conversation because I'm just the type of person that I I can't be talking about how the weather is with you Like, if we have that type of conversation, it's really hard for me. And so I'm the type of person that loves to go deep right away. And if Mm -hmm. I'm able to do that with you, like, for some odd reason in my mind, we're, like, best friends already. (laughs) And that's, like, I think that's not fair to another person. (laughs) Um, But I think partly because what I desire and what I, I, I value in friendship and what it means to me is because... It's, it's community, you know. Similarly, it's, it's companionship. It's, it's a commitment to one another. It's um, a commitment to, to walking alongside one another in, in this thing called life, you know. And so it's listening. It's giving, receiving. It's like holding space for one another and, and trusting, trusting that space. I feel like I agree with both of you guys. I get really tired from relationships, like in friendships. So like a friendship that like I feel safe enough to like just be silent and like I don't they're not I know that they're not gonna question like oh like what's going on. I feel like that feels good. <laughs> um but because it's like a level of understanding, like being understood and understanding another person. I don't really know mm-hmm. if there's a word for it, but it's kinda like I don't expect like a ton from you and you don't expect a ton from me but like we can still be ourselves and we can still grow as person as a person or as like as a friendships as our friend and 
like it can be unique in its own way and etc but i feel like that's usually what i desire i never really like desire for it to look any different besides that because i think a person's personality makes up the dynamicness of a friendship mm-hmm. so because every friend every person is different and not all your friendships are gonna look the same mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah, i do agree with the companionship and like that's like i always need someone to be down to do something with me <laughs> yeah. yeah is is like what you're describing similar to friendships with healthy boundaries hmm. yeah maybe that's uh yeah maybe that's a good way of putting it yeah healthy boundaries it sounds so negative but <laughs> no it sounds realistic yeah it actually sounds healthy yeah i mean like i think <laughs> like, about the relationships where or like the friend who kind of sucks all your energy out of you mm-hmm. um or like a friend who's maybe a little overly dependent or needy mm-hmm. uh, towards you even though you you like oh i like you but you're I'm getting so sick of you. <laughs> I don't know. And then, like, being able to set boundaries in some ways. I don't know. Yeah. I think I think that's also why I, I like using the phrase holding space because I feel like a lot of my really good friends, we could literally spend the entire day together in silence and it would be the best time ever and we wouldn't think anything of each other or we wouldn't think something's wrong like we said earlier, Ashley, like we just know each other enough to just be. But if we end up having a great conversation, like that's not pressure either because it's like we know that we know one another enough. So holding space for whatever it is that's needed from one another. And it's like a mutual understanding. You kind of talked about it, but can you just define what holding space means or give an example? I've been thinking about this a lot more lately in general, not just between friendships, but as relates to faith too. And I think, I don't know if we all know how to be in healthy relationships or in community because of the different expectations and layers and cultures of understanding community. And so part, like, we're either too independent and don't know how to, like, receive or we're too dependent, right? Like we don't know how to be interdependent. And so I feel like holding space is being able to sit long enough with someone to like to walk through life. And so to not be so quick to like, you need help. Oh, I'm going to come help. And sometimes it is that practical need, but it's like, I in my mind, one example is like, if someone's going through death in their family like holding space for them it's like knowing that yeah it might be giving them food but it also might just be sitting with them and not Mm -hmm. saying anything because they're so overwhelmed and they're grieving and I don't I know that I can't do anything to help them to help relieve that type of pain right like holding space in that moment Mm -hmm. is just sitting with them and like crying out to God with them but not like trying to make them feel better or not trying to comfort them with my words, you know, because sometimes we like overdo it because we want to save the situation or it makes us feel uncomfortable or we don't know what to do. But sometimes we just we just need to like be silent or, you know, so I don't know. Like, I think it it depends. I think it's Mm -hmm. learning to discern what that actually means. 
So in your friendships currently, obviously it's like grown over time and changed over time. Like how have your friendships changed um, as you've learned more about yourself and be the other person? And how did you cope with the changing of your friendships? So I feel like one of the, or the things that have impacted my friendships with people have mostly been like, you know, distance and different life stages that we've gone through. Mm. Um, there's people who I'm friends with, but we're just not as close with each other more. We don't talk as frequently anymore or we don't see each other as often. Um, yeah. And so that's like impacted and changed our friendships in some ways. It doesn't like end our friendship, but it's just changed maybe the way we interact with each other. Um, and sometimes because like you're not, you don't see some of your good friends as often where it can feel like you don't have friends. I don't know. I don't know if it's, that's the right way to say it. Um, but I mean, there's there's a little bit of void, I think, that, you know, that is created because of that. Uh, so I don't know what's like the best way to cope. I think I try to cope by making new friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think as I get older and I think through about friendships, I'm learning that I need to be open to new friendships. Mm. Um, there are just going to be people, different people and different friends you have who are going to be, you're going to be with, who are going to be there for you in different times and parts of your life. So mm. I, I felt like, like coping was learning and accepting this, that not every friendship lasts, nor does every friendship is going to be equally satisfying. The level of friendship I get with somebody is not, that's not going to happen with every person that I'm friends with. So I think like just being open to new people and new friends in my life with social media and we're so connected with people. Like, we always think we gotta be, you gotta be friends with people. Like, there's no excuse for not being friends with people for a long time, even if you don't live in the same city. But it's like, well, <laughs> before social media, sometimes people were just friends with you for, like, the time when you were with them. And then if you're in different places, they're still your friend, you know, probably in some ways. But they just may not be a close friend anymore. Unless you're, like, committed to maintaining some sort of communication with this person. But I don't know if that's, like, really helpful for coping. But that's been helpful for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're, yeah, it's different for everybody. <laughs> I almost don't want to say this, but <laughs> I want to be real. I think I'm like very possessive with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> In that, like, I think because I, I, not that if other people aren't like me, they don't value friends, but I think there's just something about me that, like, I just value friendship and relationships so deeply that I try really hard to maintain friendships. And I don't know if it's like the added factor of like being single and like just like valuing community because I know that that's healthy for a single person. Like you just need to be in community. I mean, that's not just for a single person, but I feel like um, you're just, you're very aware of it because you're often by yourself. And so since I'm the only one of my college group friends that's not married and that hasn't had kids. And I think that when you get married, like that's pretty significant. And I think I've had to learn how to mourn like, oh, our friendship is going to be different. Not because it's bad. It's just like the reality of life. Like you have a partner in your life that you just like they're doing life with you on a daily. And so our friendship is going to be different. And that has nothing to do with like whether or not I'm a good or bad friend. 
but I think I've learned how to mourn that, um, that it's just going to be different. But with that said, that also means our friendship has also grown very deeply because of life stages. Like you just evolve as a person. And so your friendships are going to evolve naturally. And I think that um, committing, like, again, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm pretty possessive and hopefully not in an unhealthy way, but I'm like, I, I try really hard to maintain friendships just because um, like I just value it. And I know what it's like to be a friend and to not have a friend or to lose a friend. And so I think, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want it to end, especially if it's a good friendship. So, yeah. Yeah. Can I add, um, going off of what you said about like life stages, I'm very happy for my friends when they get married and I'm usually, it's usually nice when they marry each other. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I'm really friends with <laughs> you guys. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and which is great. And I've seen how that changed my friendships. But I think mm-hmm. the ones that I, I do mourn the most or is hardest for me is when they start having kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I think it's just so easy for young parents and first time parents to just be very occupied with their kids that sometimes it is hard, even if I try mm-hmm. to do what I can to still um, spend time with them. Uh, but it's just harder. And even in my own experience, like trying to make new friends. I always found it was just hard. It was always hardest to make friends with moms. Um, hmm. Like they're not trying as hard to be friends with me because they're just don't have the capacity mm-hmm. for it. And um, yeah, it's easier for me to give up on trying to build a friendship with people. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, that was definitely a process too. like. Their, the, their reality is they're caring for another human being. And so that is mm-hmm. rightly so going to take up a lot of their capacity. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's also learning how to be a friend in the midst of that. Like I can be distracted, but I think I've over the years I've evolved and have learned to like try to be a good friend. Hopefully people receive it as me being a good friend even when their kids are around. And mm-hmm. I also like my observation is like a lot of them are actually – a lot of moms are actually like yearning for friendship and they feel bad with their kids. And so I don't know a lot if you remember, but one of our friends, we went to go visit like a couple that was on a missionary trip season and they came back and we went to go visit them with this other friend. And she's like, oh, can I bring my two kids? And we're like, yeah. And then I don't know if she said this to both of us, but I remember her saying like, I just feel bad because... I know that a lot of people don't want my kids around. And so I always have to ask for permission. Or I know that like people tend to like um, not invite me because they know I'm going to have my kids around. And Mm -hmm. I think understanding that, yeah, like learning to cope, but also like how do do we reconcile and how do we extend an olive branch understanding like the realities because the other thing is that like as single people like a lot of people don't realize that it's not like we have all the time in the world either right like Mm -hmm. we also have things that occupy us and I think for a very long time like it was hard for me to like even communicate that need because I felt almost selfish of like well I'm a single person I should have all the time in the world and I should always be the person that's always like making the effort but a lot of my friends who are married or who have kids they're like no that's not the case Kathy and I think it's also been a season of me learning how to receive from people if they're married or have kids too because it's like they have something to offer us as well I think what's interesting about what 
you guys shared is well now i am married but out of my friends i'm actually the only one who's married and most of my other mm. friends are single so it feels really it, that kind of feels flip-flopped what's nice is that like my husband is very sociable in meeting a lot of people so my friends are his friends and etc so i think that's what's what's nice but yeah as i yeah so i just think that's interesting i'm still navigating it. i'm so fresh so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um friendships for me have always been kind of tricky and different um i think in my life i've had I had to grow up pretty fast, so it was actually really hard for me to relate to peers, like people my own age. So I was actually pretty comfortable, like having friends slightly older than me, uh, because I think emotionally and mentally, I think I've had to work through a lot as a as a kid. I've had friends growing up, but I kind of didn't feel connected to people. Uh, it wasn't really till college that I kind I tried really hard <laughs> um, to be friends with my peers because we're all experiencing the same things. Did I still look down on most freshmen when I was a freshman? Yeah, because most of them are kind of <laughs> like, yeah, like we get to, <laughs> like we're free. I'm just like, yeah, I feel like I've been an adult since I was like. 14 <laughs> well, 14 13 so yeah. i didn't have that same like yay living on my own kind of feel so it did make it hard to still connect um with people my own age but i really tried um but even after um college like proximity is a big thing like if you're not yeah. in the same space like you don't know how to talk or chat or even like everyone's experiencing their own realities at that point that was something that was actually really easy for me to like like i feel like i moved on I was like okay yeah we're college friends now we're gonna be like young adult friends like i was ready to move on <laughs> just because i've had to experience a lot of transitions in my life mm. and so i think a lot of my friends weren't ready for that i was still kind of mourning and i was like nope already moved on let's go <laughs> <laughs> and so i, I remember some of my friends were like can't you just like live in the moment <laughs> like no it's gonna change like there's no way it's ever gonna be the same it's like mm-hmm. yeah that's why you should enjoy it so um but i think one of the hardest things is when i um uh, got into full-time ministry friendships looked it was really hard to make friends at that point because i feel like i was ex- going through a lot of different things and processing a lot of things and finding friends who kind of understood that um was really hard and i didn't really want friends also in ministry because we're all like dealing with our own things so trying to find friends outside of ministry was actually really difficult and then even if i did it was it felt really tiring because i felt like i was the one trying to like yeah i was initiating and i was the one trying to hold on and it kind of didn't feel like it was reciprocated so then i just kind of like gave up so so yeah that's kind of been my friendship experiences like in different Mm. stages of my life and like how i try to cope and try to be better and at some point just kind of like everyone's different (laughs) everyone's in different Mm. life stages and it's kind of accepting that and so i'm kind of curious to know like how that would be different for you now that you're married Mm. Um, because in some ways i feel like some couples they build friendships together with other people Mm -hmm. it's not always individual unless you're like in very separate spaces because one of the things that I struggle with in like not being married is building friendships in churches so like Mm. I'm in a city I'm going to churches and it's exhausting right for me as an introvert to enter into those spaces but also trying to build friendships and so Mm. I always wonder like 
is it easier if say I was married and so I could kind of share that burden (laughs) with like Mm -hmm. my spouse Um, and I also feel like you're more approachable when you're with your spouse I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by yourself friendly (laughs) yeah I don't know like I still look pretty young and there are a lot of college students at church so sometimes people just think oh I'm just a Mm -hmm. young person Mm -hmm. and they don't need to approach me so like it's hard for me to meet older people or people my age. I've given up on meeting people my age. Mm-hmm. I just try to meet older people now, like older parents who aren't so like caught up with their kids or are like less concerned about their kids mm-hmm. <laughs> or like empty nesters. Because mm-hmm. like in my experience in the city that I've been, I've always talked about how it's so hard for me to make friends here and it still mm-hmm. is. And no one's really been that intentional with me. It's always been me being intentional with people. Mm-hmm. But the only people who've actually been intentional with me was actually this much older couple in church because I joined their Bible study. I remember the lady was like, oh, it's more for the older crowd. I was like, I don't care. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they were more yeah. intentional because they were like, they reached out. They're like, we should be friends. We should like hang out, get together more. And they even like initiated um, going out to dinner together. Um, so they were really intentional and I like appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm, I was like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you guys yet. I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciated them reaching out to me. Because for once, I was like, oh, I'm not doing all the work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's the nice part about being friends with people who might be older than you. <laughs> you mm-hmm. kind of feel slightly yeah. cared for. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like that one time. I, I think I've shared with you guys before. Like, I went to that. I was visiting this one church that was, like, really small. And the only people in that church were, like, just these people who were probably grandparents. <laughs> mm. And I go in. I was like, this church is so white. And everyone is elderly. <laughs> mm. But then I was like, I kind of like it here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can everybody treat me like I'm their granddaughter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how lonely things got for me. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be interesting for us after pandemic, <laughs> like making new friends. I think it'll be fun. Mm. Um, I think we both like hosting people and like getting to know people. And so obviously i have different qualities and characteristics than him and he can carry the other side (laughs) i think we have a good good dynamic of hosting and whatnot but Mm -hmm. like even we're dating i think we enjoyed like being with others and so Mm -hmm. i think that's the nice part is like it wasn't like we weren't really really focused on each other yeah (laughs) like i feel like most maybe relationships might but we enjoyed being with people and so yeah because we liked hanging out with people so yeah we kind of talked about it um but how are you maintaining your friendships how have you maintained your friendships or Mm. what makes you want to be a better friend you know even as we're talking i realized that i don't think i knew how to be a friend until in college and after college i always had desire for deep friendships but I don't know if I was actually a really good friend growing up but I think that I try really hard during college and after college to be a good friend and to learn how to like figure out what it means to maintain friendships and so I realized that as as I as I think about this question like oh like I'm not one of those people who talk about like I have I have had this friend since kindergarten or I've had this group of friends since I was, you know, in in middle school. Like, and I think I always yearned for that. And then I think in college, I actually finally had that group of friends. And I'm, I'm still really good friends with them. And again, like, I'm the only one that's not married and and I don't have kids. But like, 
because of the changes in life, like we've not always necessarily, not necessarily like kept in touch, but like I think just more recently within the past year, even before the pandemic, like something sparked me and I like, I got all of us in a group text and we just caught up. And then the pe- we were actually going to have a reunion like trip this year and the pandemic happened. And so we didn't. Mm-hmm. Since then, we've been having virtual hangouts on Zoom, just like, you know, a lot of people were doing since the pandemic. But I think that it's deepened our relationship. And now we talk so much about so many things in life. It's almost as if our friendship was revitalized in, in such a good way. And so I think for me, it's the way that I maintain friendships. Like I text a lot lately. <laughs> and then every now and then we'll like Zoom because of the pandemic. But because I was on sabbatical, my hope was actually to do that. Like I wanted to go travel and like hang out with friends and almost like <laughs> rekindle friendships again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, you know, that didn't happen. So I did that digitally. I did that in, in the ways that I could during pandemic. Yeah. I feel like something that's helped me to maintain friendships has been communicating some sort of understanding about our relationship. Mm-hmm. So I communicate a lot to some of my friends, especially people who I I probably, it's just hard to stay in touch with. Um, and I may not talk to very often. But when we do talk, I'm always trying to make sure they know that just because we don't talk as as much, it doesn't mean we're not friends. Mm. Um, mm. That's good. Like, you can always come to me. Like, it's the, the idea that, like, let's pick up where we left off, mm. you know, even if it's yeah. been, like, a couple months since mm. we talked. Um, like, I try to make sure people understand that because it's just hard to, like, we meet so many people, you know, so it's just hard to mm. stay in touch with every yeah every person that you value and you care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I have friends who I spent a significant amount of time with, or we were really good friends at one point, And I don't really want to like lose my connection with them, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with the fact that like, we're just, we may not be as good as friends as we used to be. <laughs> and they may have other friends that they're really close with now, but I still care about what's going on in their life and who, uh, what they're up to. And I still want to be able to stay connected. And if we happen to be in the same city or we just like, you know, we thought of each other, want to talk to each other, then we could do that, you know, and that's yeah. okay. Um, so I think knowing that um, and understanding that. And I also try not to put the expectation in my friends that if we don't communicate with for a long time, that we're not friends anymore. Mm, yeah. Or like that they have to do that with me. Mm. Uh, if we haven't talked in a while, like they can't come to me if they need something. Yeah. Um, mm. Unless, you know, like, you know this person is just a terrible person. They use people. Um, you know, like, you shouldn't let yourself get taken advantage. But, like, for most people that, like, I know well enough, um, you know, like, even if we don't talk for a while, I don't want them to feel like, oh, I can't come to you because we haven't talked in a while. Yeah. And I feel bad. Like, yeah. I'm using you. But it's like, no, like, I think I still view you as some sort of friend. Yeah. Um, and if you need help, I want to hear you out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's – I don't want to put the expectation on people. Yeah. And I – and hopefully they don't have that expectation for me, too. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I think I just want to be a better friend because I just never want to be that friend who, like, abandons their friends. Yeah. <laughs> I just have so many I just have so many friends who sort of, like, mm. talk to you less because they started dating someone, you know? So, like, yeah. And so, like, um, I've always been like, oh, I never want to be that friend <laughs> yeah. who does that. Um, 
So, so I think that's why I want to be a better friend because I feel like we just don't. This is my opinion. <laughs> I, I feel like we just don't value friendship enough. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. friendship is like that first thing we push aside when something else requires our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's easy for us to let go of some friendships because of that too. I just feel like we could value friends more and our friendships a lot more. Like you probably can't do that with all of your friendships, but definitely yeah. there are friendships in your life um, that are worth like to sound cheesy, like that are worth fighting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, and that's not, yeah, that's not true for every friendship, but there are going to be some. And I think, Kathy, what you're saying, like, there are some friendships that I hope I could be lifelong friends with. Yeah. Um, people um, mm. who I could be lifelong friends with that I want to commit to that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah. I'm committed <laughs> in that way. So, <laughs> I mean, I get that. Like, I laugh, but I, like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> Yeah, like that's, and like, and that's where I'm like, oh, am I being too idealistic or not, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah. the, yeah. I think it's okay. I think the reality is you just can't have that with everybody. Yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm very similar to law personality. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way where, um, like, friendship is kind of like that. Like, even though the frequency of contact or whatnot Mm -hmm. is small, like, it's not a lot, it's not as frequent, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're just picking off, like, where we left off, or you're updating me in the in-betweens. So, I feel like that's kind of how I, like, in terms of maintaining, like, if you need a lot of attention, then I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I just, like, it, I'm, I'm a terrible friend because uh, I just don't have the capacity to, like, mm. c- constantly be in communication or the energy. So, uh, like, that that mentality of, like, oh, picking off where we left off or updating me as we go because life just happens and it, it happens really fast. And especially, like, during the pandemic, like, a lot of it's been virtual, Um but like with the pandemic, so many so many things happened that like also didn't. There's a moment where I didn't want to talk to anyone because <laughs> um, yeah. it was just so hard. And so uh, even though people wanted to talk to me, I was like, I just can't do it at the moment. I'll yeah. catch up with you later. That makes me feel bad because I think the perception of friendship is like it's this constant like chatting and whatnot. And so I've had to wrestle with like me being like a terrible friend because I don't hmm. like. I'm not super extroverted, but I've been trying to be more communicative and like what my intentions are. That sounds sounds so funny, but like that I do care for the person or whatnot. And I'm also not a verbal affirmation type person either. So like I'm not really direct Mm. (laughs) and like saying that I care. So I think that's hard too because I'm also very like quality time person or I like mm. doing things with people. So I think that also makes it really difficult because mm. there's, I can only talk so much like on a virtual call and it's like, okay, I feel like I need to do something with that person or I, I don't know, do nothing with that person. Um, but yeah. having something to say all the time like stresses me out, <laughs> especially yeah. when it's in a friendship. But like if it serves like the other person and I do value the other person, it does make me want to stretch myself and be mm. that for that friend but yeah that, that's some of the things i was thinking about and like i totally resonate with law <laughs> <laughs> there are times when we recorded and like you and i agree with each other it's like oh my gosh is that just our enneagram or- <laughs> <laughs> yep yep yeah, that's real <laughs> 
In terms of wanting to be a better friend, I agree a lot with what you both said. I think the other thing is just like coming to terms and learning, like what you said, Ashley, like there have been a lot of times that I've not been a good friend and wanting to do better, wanting to be better because you just, you know, like you've matured enough to learn that like that was dumb or that was not me being a good friend and being a good person or, you know, and wanting to be better because you're learning and you're growing. Yeah. So as we've been talking, I've kind of been assuming that most of our friendships that we've been explaining might have been like women friendships. But I kind of wanted to dive deeper into specifically deeper into how do you be intentional across gender friendships? Oh, because I was just going to say from my experience in the Hmong context, I haven't quite seen a very good model of a cross-gender friendship. Um, so I wanted to hear more of your thoughts in church or out of church, um, what your experience might have been like. Yeah, uh, I think it surprises me. I feel like one of the things that people have discussed before is, is like, can you have a cross-gender friendship with someone without, like, developing feelings for them Hmm. and I've noticed that you know in our work with ministry like a lot of people come in with that view so they're a little like worried about working too closely or like partnering with like someone from the opposite gender Mm -hmm. together in leadership whatever I've had like really good friendships with guys and they're so platonic like I've had no like (laughs) Mm -hmm. romantic feelings or any kind of like physical attraction to them in that in a way where I would be concerned so yes, it's possible. I don't think it, that's being idealistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am aware of how like the opposite <laughs> gender might view me, though. So I'm a little like cautious. Yeah, I I know that some guys and women uh, might have different levels of comfort mm-hmm. yeah. being around each other. Yeah. I've also had a male friend uh, who shared with me, and we were adults. We were like in our mid twenties or whatever, and he was talking about how he was having a hard time talking to the women at church because. And every time he approached them just to, like, be friendly, they would just, set, like, put up this wall because they just assumed he was hitting on them or something. Mm-hmm. And so he was expressing that with me. And I was like, man, that really sucks. I don't know the context enough to know, like, you know, if he's if he is giving off weird vibes or, like, yeah. or if these women are just being, like, a little, you know, thinking that every guy wants to hit on them or something. But, like, <laughs> but, I was like that, but that sucks, though. But also I do wonder sometimes because if you're, like, heterosexual and you're, like, cross-gender relationships, like, sometimes I feel like when you meet someone from the opposite gender, I wonder if people wonder this, if, like, they go in thinking, is this person friend or could they be a romantic partner? <laughs> And then you figure it out and then you kind of go in whatever direction. Sometimes I wonder if people are doing that too, uh, single people. So mm, Yeah. I don't know if anything I've said makes sense. but No, it makes um, a lot of sense. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> so like part of me wants to like debunk that. Like it's okay if you like someone or it's mm-hmm. okay if you do think that. Because I feel like we get stuck on that and when we over fantasize it and then, and then that's when it becomes a problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, or we just don't also know how to communicate that, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's this is like a complete different conversation for a different time. But I wonder if it is, especially in the Hmong church, of like adapting to and adopting the purity culture mm-hmm. and how that has deeply shaped relationships across genders if you're heterosexual and like just that, that that's just so deeply embedded and in, innate in us that that has altered our understanding of what that could look like and what that means without feeling certain way or thinking so much about 
just the foundations of having friendship conversations Mm -hmm. with the Mm -hmm. other with the opposite sex or opposite gender and so I don't know I wonder if there's something deeper in that that we actually have to unpack at a different time that people need to be talking about um in the broader conversation um in high school I did have guy friends that were just friends but I think it was really like I mean I was one of those teens that like was obsessed with again I was obsessed with like love I was obsessed with like finding the one you know up until after college and so I think I I mean I confess like I I was one of those like always like can I find the one or is this a potential or like it's so hard to try to discern you know but I think after I got out of that mindset and phase and you know I don't know if it's like an awakening that I went through but like I think it's harder as you get older though because in the in the culture of like it being weird to have friendships with the opposite gender in church like I think it's just weird like I know this couple who they're older and like the way that they function is is probably like pretty progressive compared to like the monk like the majority in the monk church and I know that they've gone to like church functions and the 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 wife would like just have conversations with like all the guys and like the husbands like naturally because she's like I think we should you know like she believes that we we could have cross gender friendships but like everybody's weirded out by it because it's like it's like a no like you you shouldn't like wives should be talking to wives and and I understand that but at the same time it's like I don't know like it's it's hard you know but then as as a single person it's like and, and as you're getting older like I think I'm okay with cross gender friendships but I think you do need to communicate clearly like motivations because like mm-hmm. last said you don't like everybody comes into the situation differently and your experience and the culture that you're used to and your expectations are all different and so I think communication is definitely key but I think that it shouldn't like can't we just can we just be friends like <laughs> like does it does it have to like do we have to like think through all those layers can we just like just be friends like could that just be the intention with everybody like (laughs) i don't know yeah i mean i wonder if there's like this intersection between like our longing for romance in our lives and friendship Mm -hmm. and mixing it up right Mm -hmm. so sometimes there's this tendency where uh we have this false belief that oh if someone's nice to me they must like me or something Mm. or they might have feelings for me and so like if you Mm. say someone met maybe a emotional need you have mm. we attach ourselves in some ways to the person in an unhealthy way mm-hmm. yeah um even though it it can and should only be platonic yeah um, and so like i wonder if we just mix up like what we want and then like someone fulfills this need for us and we're like oh this mm-hmm. i want to like this person you start liking this person but i wonder if that just that affects our ability to build healthy deep intimate friendships with someone of the opposite gender mm-hmm. because I think that's possible like it's that's yeah. kind of rare I think to have that with someone yeah like something close to a romantic partner but it's just completely platonic yeah uh, like to love someone in that way yeah uh, but I think we're really scared of it because um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we write that off as like oh that seems unhealthy yeah 
like it seems like an unhealthy relationship that's crossing boundaries or whatever but i was like is it i think you bring up a really really good point and i think that's why earlier when we were talking about relationships in general even before we started talking about all this stuff is like i think that's why it's important to under like to be aware and to like understand Mm -hmm your desires and your needs and to know yourself like what is it that you need so that you can pay attention to like what you're gravitating towards and and I also think that's why it's important to be in community and to have all kinds of friendships because they'll be able to tell you and to help you discern whether it's healthy or not I think that's why I'm such an advocate for like therapy (laughs) Because it's like you, it it can be unhealthy if you're unaware and it can be unhealthy Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of like pain or trauma or unmet needs or things that you haven't dealt with from Mm -hmm. growing up or other relationships. And Mm -hmm. it becomes this cycle of like, you're just going on to the next thing. And I think that's what people associate dating with or associate like, you know, friendship with the opposite gender with. Mm -hmm without actually dealing with the stuff internally yeah yeah i mean hopefully we don't we don't believe that only one person can fulfill our needs yeah that like yeah we can see fulfillment our needs in friends in our family Mm -hmm. in our work and the things that we're doing our hobbies whatever Mm -hmm. i do believe the world would be a better place if we value friendships better (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think who we are as unmarried adults like if people in general just value the friendships better, I wonder if our lives would be different. And for married adults who experience loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> even though they they're do. married. Um, yeah. yeah. I think putting all your eggs in one basket with one person mm. is, mm-hmm. it's not going to end up well. You're going yeah. to be devastated anyways. But yeah. And, and, and another human being to find all your fulfillment in one person, that, that just seems... I don't know where that fantasy... Maybe it's Hollywood, Mm. right? But it sounds like a fantasy that it's promoting isolation of two people rather than building community. It's like, you know, the the idea of finding the one or your soulmate. Yeah. Who, like, you just fit so perfectly with. Yeah. I think that sometimes that fantasy makes us think that, like, oh, like, I'm not happy until I find that one person. Mm. But I was like, no, maybe, like, different people in your life can fulfill that for you in some ways <laughs> yeah i i mean in the church i think that's an idolization of mm-hmm. marriage <laughs> like mm-hmm. the idolization yep. of like the idea of marriage and and yeah this misunderstanding of what marriage is something i thought about was that like we're really young yeah and so mm-hmm. we're still figuring out how to be friends mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know like we're not even middle age yet so like yeah. What is this lifelong friendship that we talk about? You know, like it's yeah. it's yeah. a hope we have. Yep. So that's funny because I think, I mean, I haven't had a ton to say because when I think about my experience with friendships, I don't have like years of experience of friendships. I, I mean, I have years of friendship conflicts and et cetera. But when I think about it, I was like, oh, I'm not that much older. I mean, I'm younger, but I still am learning and I'm still in like new stages in life transition so it's kind of like i'll probably have to learn new ways to maintain friendships and be a better friend yeah i mean i do i do believe we have a lot of experiences with friends Mm -hmm. with friendship we didn't we didn't always we weren't always good friends like what 
Kathy talks about, mm-hmm. but we're learning from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think friendships is going to teach us how to be better in relationships. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed your time with us, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. To stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at BTSS Podcast. See you in our next episode.